Sorry, completely unprepared. Right. Let me second, just get set up. I'm going to try and rattle this off tonight. Emily's on a night shift, so I've got a night to do whatever I want, and I want to go home and watch whatever I want. Um, so if I speak really quickly and you don't get it, just listen to it on the podcast, you'll be fine. Um, right. Okay. I'm going to talk about something, and hopefully it will be good, and you'll get something from it, and all that kind of stuff. I was trying to think of a really quirky title, and I couldn't think of one, so basically you've got what you're given, if you like. So I'm going to talk about prayer. That's it. It's a good one, isn't it? It took me hours to come up with that. Uh, so we're going to look at this idea of uh, uh, prayer and kind of some of my thoughts that I've been thinking uh, about this, this subject, this, this thing, if you like, uh, over the past uh, probably a couple of months. There's been a few things, that, a few conversations that I've had recently that have uh, niggled, I suppose, would, would be a good way to put it. They've, they've kind of got me thinking about what is prayer? What, what is it really all about? Um, and I was asked to speak uh, in the, the youth across the, the road a few weeks ago. And I didn't speak on prayer, or particularly anything to do with that. But there was something within that that jumped out at me. And we'll kind of cover that a little bit later as we go along. But if you've got a Bible and you want to follow along, uh, feel free. The words will be on the screen, hopefully. Yeah, there we go. And we're reading from Luke uh, chapter 11. And we're just reading verses 1 to 4. It's, it, it, it hopefully will be something that we're fairly familiar with anyway. And it reads, Now it came to pass, as he, that is Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So, quite simply, that's it. The disciples just turn to Jesus, just say, those guys can do it. How do we do it? How do we pray? Um, and what I love is Jesus just gives them a response. There's no trickery. There's no kind of once you reach this level of being my disciple, I'll teach you the ways because they are sacred. It is simply a case of Jesus teaching them. Look, say it like this. You know, he's giving them an idea. Uh, the, the subheading actually in my Bible for this was the model prayer. And that's exactly what it is. It's just a model. It's an idea, something that you take away and you... I guess, build on yourself. It's a bit of a, a, a kickstarter, if you like, into maybe approaching the way that we do this thing. If you look at the life of Jesus, uh, you'll notice that often throughout the Bible, there, there'll be the little verse, and they're almost throwaway things. You know, Jesus went into the, to the mountains to pray or to the hillside to pray. Jesus returned from praying. He was always doing it. It was something that he did often. And I just think if he did it, Often, how much more do I maybe need to, to do it? And obviously, this is something that his disciples have cottoned onto as well. They've, they've realized that Jesus spends an awful lot of time outside of the times that would have been uh, set aside for the Jews. There would have been certain points that they would go to the temple to pray. You know, this was something that he was doing outside of routine. 
you know, something slightly more or different or, you know, um, extra, if you like. It was, it was a lifestyle. It was something that he did often. And, and yeah, they just, they, they've seen this and, and they want to know, like, how do you do this? You know, outside of the, outside of the temple, outside of our, our ways and our structure. And quite simply, as we've just read, this is what they get. Now, I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence. I think we've all kind of heard, probably through the life of the church, and if you've been here a long time, a lot of really, really good teaching on this sort of stuff. Um, I'm going to kind of skim over some of this. So forgive me for just maybe glancing over a few things. But, um, but yeah, he, he sort of, you know, there's, there's no trick. There's no, no, no gimmicks or secrets. Just a few pointers. Jesus teaches them. Like, remember who you're praying to. Who is it that you're talking to? And, and there we have it at the start, you know, our Father in heaven. You're talking to your Father. You know, it's not some deity that we can't reach or communicate with. It's the one that created us. He gave us life. It's our daddy. I know that we often hear that kind of term, and, um, that, that Abba Father. It's something of a closeness. It's not something that is far away that we can't uh, reach or attain to. It, the, Jesus is telling us here that we can have that closeness. We have intimacy. It's, you know, I, I, I can talk to my dad. I don't have to ring him up and arrange an appointment to talk to my dad, you know, or kind of book in with my mum, the secretary, or anything like that. You know, I can just drop him a call and, and have a chinwag and a chat or a moan, as that sometimes gets. But, um, but th- there is that relationship there. He's my dad, and I can call on him whenever I like because I'm his child. And Jesus has given us something of that in this. He, he tells us to give praise and glory and thanks. You know, that whole hallowed be your name. It's, it's go to him with thanks. Give him good, you know, praises. Tell him that you're, you're loving what's going on right now and that you, you're thankful for all that he's given you. Ask. Ask him for things. You know, this, uh, I, don't, I should have looked this up really, but, you know, ask and you'll receive you know, it, there, there is a lot of truth in that. If you go to Jesus, ask him for things. You know, he's, he, he doesn't stand there and go, no, you can't have it. Sometimes you might say that. But there is the invitation there to ask. Say sorry. Say sorry. That's quite a hard one. I understand that. Saying sorry can sometimes be very, very difficult, especially when you go to your Sorry. You know, it can be one of those things. We, we have this sometimes. They're not quite listening. But we have this with the kids sometimes, you know. You have to say, are you sorry? And they go, yeah. And then you say, what are you sorry for? And they go, uh. Um, and you, you, know, you have to kind of coax the answer out of them and stuff. But, but with God, he's saying, you know, say sorry. Think of those things that you've done that you know in your heart and your lives that are wrong. And apologize for them. Clear it up. Keep short accounts. Get rid of it. You know, don't, drop it quickly and move on. Ask him for protection. Keep us safe. Keep us safe. Please, God, look after me as I'm going through my life. Things aren't always good. Please, will you take care of me? He's your father. Of course he will. You know, I look, I, I look out for my kids all the time. I'm probably overprotective sometimes. Emily, definitely. She doesn't can say what I want. But she, she just constantly, you know, if, if she saw Reuben sat on the chair like that now, she would be sat there going, get down. Get out, you're going to fall. Break your neck. You know, that sort of stuff. And it's, like, it's ridiculous. So protective. Reuben, you just stay right where you are. He's embarrassed. But the whole... The, oh, I'm in trouble later. 
are in trouble. But the whole point of this kind of stuff is, is this. It is keep the communication open. I would dare to say that, um, in fact, I, I, I really strongly believe this, that, that prayer is the most important part of our Christian lives. Um, it's about communication and it's about relationship. When Jesus put, well, when God, sorry, put a man on the earth, there was communication. They would freely often spend time talking and being together. They had this communion. They were, they were with each other. And there would have been conversation in that. You know, Jesus didn't just walk down among them and, you know, wait for them to, hey, praise you, God. You know, they talked, they conversed. They would, you know, and, and that's one of these images that I cannot wait to get to that point, you know, where we can be with him and have that closeness. But for now, it's prayer. And I think this is one of the most important things. You see, you cannot have any sort of relationship without communication at all. It just doesn't work. God created us, as I said, to have a relationship with him. And this needs that we need to communicate with one another. Now, many of you know I'm married to uh, Emily. And uh, part of what makes our relationship work, or I would say the bulk of it, is the fact that we, we spend time talking together. You know, sometimes it is about important things like what new jacket she wants to buy or the shoes that she wants to buy. Sometimes it's trivial things like the mortgage. Um, but, but we have to talk about stuff. You know, if we don't, what happens is you lose that part of your relationship. I guess if you think of this more on a term of a friendship, if you don't spend time keeping that friendship stoked, it will kind of peter out and it turns into one of those things where you kind of turn into kind of from friends into more of acquaintances or that person that you occasionally say hi to, you know, and try and catch up with every now and again. To keep that solid, those friendships working and those relationships working, you have to fuel it with communication and talking and spending time together. And uh, I really loved the way um, 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5.17, uh, we're reminded in that to, to pray without ceasing. And I believe that that isn't a case of that we just keep garbling on or anything like that. It's about keeping the communication lines open. It's keeping the, the contact and the, the relationship moving all the time, you know, and... Um, and being in touch with each other frequently. Now, I have to go to work, so there is time that I don't get to spend with my family. That doesn't mean that that stops. It just means that, you know, it, we're just not with each other all the time. And we'll communicate via other means, mobile phones and things like that, um, text messaging and stuff. But, um, but we keep that relationship going all the time. Something that... Um, Somebody asked me not too long ago, they were, they were, we were talking a little bit about um, how, how ch- church is going and, and things like this. It was a friend that doesn't, doesn't come here, they go somewhere else. And uh, so this, this is one of my little niggles, and this is kind of what prompted me thinking about where, where we're kind of, I guess, going to go tonight. Um, they asked, how's your prayer life? And we, we kind of chatted a little bit, and I, I, you know, I, I sort of shared where I felt I was at and things like this. But that term, 
really bothered me. And I think, and you have to bear with me for a few minutes on this, but there is a danger of having a prayer life. The controversy. Like I say, it's something that quite often, you know, I've asked friends probably in the past and, and they've asked me. But I think that there's this danger here that we can separate or compartmentalize prayer in our walk with God. It becomes something that's not necessarily something that we live, but it's just something that we do. We can almost have like a different... Uh, uh, identity, depending on where we are and who we're with. Um, or, or worse, it can be something that we, we kind of only get out when we feel that it's necessary or that we, you know, we really kind of want something because we're really stuck. Um, and that, that's not a good place. That's not really about relationship, is it? You know, if I kept ringing my dad and, you know, sort of, you know, hi, oh, dad, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm great. So, yeah, sorry, dad. Can I interrupt to say, I really need something from you. You know, I, I think he'd feel pretty cut up about that. If I kind of, every time, you know, he wanted to, to chat to me and see how I'm doing and, you know, kind of ask how the kids and Emily are. I was just like, yeah, 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 they're great. Can, can you help me out with, you know, can you get me out of this situation? Can you provide? Can you give? Can you, can you, can you, can you, can you? That's not a very healthy way to, to live and to be. Um, and I think there would be a lot of upset from the other party. Do you know what I mean? I think my dad would feel pretty cut up and <laughs> gutted by something like that. You see, I don't believe that we should have um, a, a prayer life. I believe that prayer should be our way of life. It should be something that we're doing constantly. It should be a way that we're living and that we're living out constantly all the time. As that, that verse is, you know, to pray without ceasing. So as I kind of sort of alluded to earlier, when I go to work, I leave my wife and my kids at home, say. Now, I don't stop being married to Emily because I've left my house. Although I did accidentally leave my wedding ring at home once. Um, I get really bad dermatitis, so I have to put cream on my hands and stuff. Uh, um, Hannah will probably sympathize with this. You know, you get manky hands working at hairdressers. So quite often I take the ring off, put the... Anyway, I had to leg it out of the door. This was a few years ago. Uh, get on the bus, get to work really quickly. And I got a phone call at 10 past nine from Emma. And I'm thinking, oh man, she's calling me at work. Then, you know, something must be wrong. And, uh, you know, I picked up the phone and I was like, are you okay? She was like, who's coming into work today? So what do you mean? She was like, I want a list of everyone that's coming into work today. I'm thinking, this is an odd uh, conversation. I was like, why do you need to know who's coming in? She's like, your wedding ring's at home. Uh, yeah, it was a, a little bit of an awkward moment, that one. Um, thankfully, they were all sort of old dears or men, so I was all right with that. But, um, but my relationship with my family does not stop because I leave the house or that situation. It continues. And, you know, throughout the day, I'll, I'll drop her a call or she'll drop me one to tell me off or something like that. Um, or, you know, I'll FaceTime the kids when they get in from school, especially if they've had something exciting happen during the day, maybe. You know, I just want to say, how did you get on? You know, that relationship is still there, even though I'm not physically with them at that time. I, um, I get the bus to and from work. And uh, this is the one time that I do kind of hate my mobile phone. She's not here again. It's one of these things that I can say. And will often ring me at six o'clock or seven, depending on what time I finish work, and just say, you know, are you on the bus yet? 
And I'll, I'll sort of say, yeah, and I'm kind of hoping that's going to be followed with, brilliant, I'll put the tea on, but it never is. It's a case of, cool, right, so you'll be back in an hour, you can cook the tea. Um, and what will happen is I'll get onto my journey, and it takes uh, 45 to 50 five-ish minutes, depending on traffic, to get home. I'll get a call in 10 minutes from Emily. You nearly back yet? No. You know, uh, 10 minutes later, I'll get another call. So you're nearly home now, aren't you? Yeah. No. And it's the same journey that I do every day. And that book that I've wanted to read for ages, I just don't get it done. But there's, there's this wonderful thing, as much as I'm kind of laughing and joking about it, of the communication. And we get to talk to each other. And Em has that right to just call me whenever she wants. Because we have that tight and close relationship and we talk often. And it's the same with God. You know, he's, he's, just because he's not here in a physical form like this, you know, doesn't mean that he's not here. And that that relationship stops because we cannot see him or we're not in a church building or something like that. Or in some sort of meeting where we can, you know, feel that we're meeting with other gatherers, so where two or three are gathered, so is Jesus there. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. You know, the Bible refers to this a lot. He's with us all the time by his spirit. And because we believe and we, we are Christians and, and have that relationship, we, we've got constant access to him. You see, my relationship with, with my family, like I've said, it's not a 10 to 15 minute thing that I'll do once a day. Yet, for some reason, we've kind of started to do that. Or it's a pattern that I've noticed years and years through the church, you know, that, you know, make, make 10 or 15 minutes for God a day. My wife and my kids and my family would be pretty upset, I think, if I did that. You know, right, guys, you can have 10 minutes in the morning. Go. You know, and then I'm, <laughs> once, once that's finished, I'm out of here and do whatever the, the heck I want for the rest of the day. That, it doesn't work, does it? You know, it's about that constant being together and with each other. You know, whether you're physically in the area or not. I like that you agree. Uh, <laughs> You see, that relationship, it's for life. It's something that's constantly there. So why is that not the case all the time? Or why is it not seen as the case with, with God and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit? Why is it that we feel we need to kind of pack them into that area of our day? You know, I'll spend time with God at 6.15. That is my routine, you know. Life isn't like that, you know. And relationships with people aren't like that. And if you try to make that work... I guarantee you that relationship won't go very far. And so this is something that um, when, when myself and Emily had, had the, the kids and things, you know, we, we, we talked about this. Like how do we get this into our, into our home, into our DNA, into part of like our lifestyle? That, you know, it's not just about um, saying grace at mealtimes and things like that. It's something that we've tried to kind of input into the, into the kids' lives and things. And, you know, sort of we do those kind of things that I guess are a bit routine, but we want them to know that they, that they can talk to God whenever, he want, whenever they want. And it's not just about asking. It's not about the questions, you know, can you, can you, can you, can I, can I, can I? So a little thing that I tend to do with the, both the kids when I put them to bed is just say, right, what are we going to say we're thankful for today? We never ask. We never ask at that point of the day, and I've kind of made it a bit of a, a thing, you know. Let's just say what we're thankful for today. It's good to say thank you, but for them to realize that, you know, they can talk to him whenever they want as well. You know, they, the, the kids can come and talk to me about 
anything. It's part of the, you know, I'm sure for those of us that have had kids or, and all that sort of stuff, you want them to feel that they can come and talk to you about anything, whatever it is, you know, that they can talk to me about things that, and not just because I'm their parent, but because I'm genuinely interested and because I love them. You know, I want, I'm interested in what they do and, and how they think and, and what they've got to say. You know, I love that sometimes they'll come up to me and just talk nonsense for half an hour, you know, about, or about their favorite cartoon or about, you know, whatever it is they're into. You know, it's brilliant just to spend time with them and enjoy their company. And so, so there is this, you know, I, I really believe that this is something that, that as Christians, as churches, believers, that we should be living out. I don't do marriage. I don't do my marriage. I am married. I don't do being a dad um, or being part of a family. That's, that's who I am. It's part of who I am. Okay? Um, I don't do being a Christian a couple of times a week and at Christmas and at Easter and the special bits. It's who I am. You know, the minute that you invite Jesus into your life, you're, you're adopted into that family. You are part of something that is so much bigger than just you. And that's brilliant. It's so wonderful. And I love it. And it becomes part of your DNA. But it requires that work. It does require effort. And for all of those things to become like deeper, more loving and intimate, then there needs to be communication and time spent together. You know, conversation. And it's not just all about the talking. Sometimes it's about the laughter. It's laughing together. Sometimes it's about the tears you know, it's, it's crying together. Um, my my mum lost her dad earlier in the year. And, you know, that was one of those times that we all just drew together and, you know, kind of needed each other. You know, as family, you go through the highs and you go through the lows. It's about living it together. It's about doing all of that stuff, doing life. Like I say, you know, some reason it kind of it, it's it's kind of been changed up a little bit, um, and I and I don't know why. And I think we need to get back to some of this kind of stuff. Um, for some reason, it seems to have been turned into some sort of like ritual or academic practice, and you know I, I don't quite understand why. It's something we feel we have to make time for. You know, when we wrap it up with the amen, you know, uh, we kind of put it away um, until we need to get it out again. You know, it's something that I guess some people I've, I've even heard say it's, oh, it's a bit of a chore, you know, to do the praying. It's a bit boring, you know, kind of sitting there and kind of, you know, hands together, eyes closed, you know, head down and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's something that I, I've heard Adrian share quite a few times and, and other speakers as well. Um, and, I, and I do think there's a lot in this as well. You ask people to come to a worship event. Um, and a shameless plug, something even better than a worship event, Electric Carols 2018. You ask people to come to those things, and I guarantee the, the doors fly open and the people pack in. You know, it's, uh, we'll fill this place if we announce a worship event. You know, if, if there's something, I've been to a few worship events through the year, and, and those places are packed out. You know, you announce the guest speaker. You know, there's a special guy coming all the way from, the, I don't know, Australia or something like that. The people will flock. People from other churches that hear about it will tip up through the doors, you know, um, and they'll want to be there. You announce a prayer meeting. That's yeah, 
That is the way it is. No one shows up. You know, why? Or if they do, it's usually the same faithful one or two. And I know that sounds a bit of a get at, and I'm getting at myself as much at, you know, with that as any, anybody else. So I'm not going to look at anyone, point fingers or anything, except in my direction. But why? Why is that the case? Why has it got to that point? You know, when it's about the loud music or hearing somebody that's written, you know, a lot of books or something like that, we can all turn up. But when it's a case of let's go spend time with God, there won't be music. There probably isn't going to be anybody talking. We can't get out of the house. And that's not, not quick enough. It's just we can't, we can't bring ourselves to leave our home sometimes. There was something on um, social media a little while ago sort of saying something very similar to this. And, um, you know, they kind of followed this, this kind of ref- statement up with, we all want the fire of God in our lives, but we won't cry out for it. You know, if you ask people, you know, do you want the fire of God in your life? You know, so many times people go, yeah, yeah, you know, I do. Pray for it. And they go, oh, okay. You know, people might want healing, you know, but they want somebody else to do it for them quite often. You know, we've got, I don't know, oh, that guy, he, you know, he prays and people get healed. Let's go ask him. The Bible doesn't teach that. It says, pray for one another, pray for yourselves. But we, for some reason, we just don't seem to be able to do it. And it kind of baffles me a little bit because prayer isn't a gift. Okay, it's not a gift. And I I kind of looked into this, so I'm going to back myself up a little bit biblically here. If you look at the, the gifts of the Spirit, they are wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, uh, the gift of tongues, speaking in other languages, and the interpretation of. You see, prayer doesn't come up on there at all. No one is gifted to pray. It's part of what we should be doing anyway. You know, it's like I've said, it's that communication. It's something that we should be doing. It's not something that some people are, are good at and some people aren't. It's something that we are all capable of doing. Um, however, there are, there are those times when you're in a prayer meeting. Um, we were chatting a little bit about this a uh, week or two ago. Um, one of the things that we, we get to do as part of the band of musicians is we get to, or over in the past, we've been able to go and play some kind of cool events and things. We were invited to go play at somewhere called Rock for Rock. Uh, there is a place called Thorox, but it's kind of a nice play on words there. And um, Billy Graham's grandson, sadly it wasn't Billy Graham, but his uh, grandson was there speaking, which it too is, uh, you know, amazing. And um, we got to, to meet him. And this uh, particular time, it was kind of like meeting royalty. Like he came in with a minder and everything. It was, it was kind of surreal. It was really bizarre. And, um, you know, we were kind of back... Um, in like a green roomish area, and we were, you know, we, it, his um, entrance was announced as well, which was which was kind of bizarre as well. But um, he he came into the room, and you know, kind of like the queen, he, he shook everybody's hand, and he went round, and we all kind of said hello. And then it was dropped on us, right? We're going to all pray together, and we're going to go round the room in a circle. Do you ever have those times where you just think, "Oh dear God, no, 
please, God, no. That, that's one time that we definitely pray, isn't it? You know, we're like, God, get me out of here quickly. Um, but there were about 50 of us. And, uh, and I don't think that's an exaggeration, actually. There were a lot of people in that room. And, uh, you know, sort of uh, Billy Graham's grandson was going to go first. And he said, and I'll pass off to my right. And us guys were kind of thinking, oh, flip, we're at the left and we're right at the end, you know. And you're just watching people pray and you're just thinking, all the good prayers are going, you know. And it gets to our little group and, you know, we're, we're cursing each other because she's just kind of flipping it. That was my prayer and Jordan's just prayed it. You know, Tom, if you pray about this, you know, I'm going to get you later. And it was, it was awkward. It was really uncomfortable. But it's one of those things, that, however silly it is, you kind of... Take a step back from that in hindsight and just think, why? You know, why, why do we have this kind of idea that we have to say something really big and clever and completely different from everybody else, you know? We're praying to Father God, you know. He knows our hearts and stuff. And he doesn't, we, it's preached on a lot. He doesn't care about the big and clever words. We kind of put that on ourselves, you know, and it kind of... In some ways, I'm kind of glad it happens because it's very funny and we can laugh it afterwards. But the reality is, it doesn't matter. You can baffle people with all the words you want, but if it's not coming from your heart, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't ring. It's just a clanging gong or something, you know. It's got to come out of love and intimacy and relationship with God. And so, as I kind of said, it's not something that, you know, people are good at and they're not. We, we've kind of put that on ourselves, and it's something that has to go. In the, the words of the great Master Yoda, do or do not, there isn't a try. Okay, we don't try at prayer. It's something that you do. I don't try to talk to my parents. I don't try to talk to my kids. I talk to them, and they talk to me. It's not something that we have to kind of muddle our way through. Okay, right, Ruben, it's your turn to talk. You know? Okay, then you time it, you know, and then, right, okay, it's my turn. You know, it's a, it's a thing that happens. It's, it's organic and it flows. And also, prayer is something that you, it's something that, I, I don't know, that you seem to have some kind of be theologically qualified for. You know, um, that guy's a preacher. He knows how to pray. You know, this, this person, ah, maybe not so much. You know, I'm looking at myself there. But studying Studying the Word of God is fantastic. Getting stuck into your Bible and learning, you know, some of the mysteries and the the amazing things that are in there, the histories of God's people, um, you know, the truths about Jesus and our Savior and Redeemer, you know, it's it's fantastic and it's something that we should be doing day by day, you know, and, and as often as we possibly can. But it is possible to study... And learn all that there is in there, and yet still not know him. Uh, Emily will tell you that I probably know more about uh, Joe Satriani, the guitar player, than, than most other things in my life, you know, because I've studied the guy meticulously. I've read his autobiography, you know, I, I, I check his website often, I listen to all his music. It's somebody that I'm interested in, but I don't know him. I know about him. But I don't know the guy. I've never met him. I've never shook his hand or had any kind of conversation with him. And it's possible that that can happen here as well. You can study the Bible. You can take it away and you can, you can memorize it. You can learn it word for word. But unless there's the relationship involved in that, it's not necessarily 
anything that's alive and, and living. Um, I've been reading a, a book a book lately, um, and the, there's this, this brilliant quote in there um, about the whole idea of it being a theology and things. And this kind of, for me, it sort of turned all this on its head. Uh, the original meaning of the word theology was union with God through prayer. Today, theology has become one academic discipline alongside many others, and often theologians are finding it hard to pray. That's by a guy called Henry J.M. Nowen, I think. I'll read that again. The original meaning of the word theology was union with God through prayer. Today, theology has become one academic discipline alongside many others, and often theologians are finding it hard to pray. Knowledge and wisdom isn't not good. It, it is. It's fantastic. But it's got to come from a point of relationship through God. It's got to come out of that. You see, there's no qualification you need to be able to converse with your parents, as I've said, you know, all your friends or your family. And in the same way, it's exactly the same with God. I don't need a degree to be able to know how to talk. It's something that you learn, you know, when you're little, you pick it up and things. And it should be as natural and organic as that. So... Okay, there's kind of a lot to, to kind of take and dwell on there, I guess. Um, one last thing as I finish is to say to you, every now and again, um, as much as I've kind of pushed this thing of keeping the communication open with God and talking and, you know, making sure you're aware that he's there and things, I think one thing that sometimes maybe as Pentecostals or people that like to talk, we don't like to do but do this. Okay, and I mean this with the greatest of respect. Every now and again, stop and listen. There is often far, you know, this is one of those things that is often far, far more important than talking. It's one of those things that I've, I've kind of learned a lot through, uh, through being married. You know, I'm, I'm sometimes upset and things, you know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll want to be the hero and kind of go in with loads of like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And she, she'll often just say, right, shut up. I just want to talk. Please just listen to me. I want you to know how I'm feeling. I don't need to come back with anything. I just want you to listen. And this kind of got me thinking a little bit. I wonder if God's a little bit like that. Please stop talking at me. Shut up. I've got things that I want to say to you. You know, but we're, we're often there kind of, God, do this. God, do that. God, be with me. God, do. Yeah, yeah. You know. And that's not a bad thing. Talk to him. But the important thing is make time that you stop and listen. Just be with him. You know, being in the same room as somebody sometimes is enough. And I think we often forget that that's sometimes like that with God, just spending time in his presence. You don't need to talk. You know, if I talked all the way through, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here whilst I'm spending time with them. She would tell me to shut up, you know. She really would. <laughs> but um, it's the same, I guess it's the same a little bit with God. Spend time with him. Talk, listen. Talk, listen. Or just be. Just be. Know that he's there and that he loves you. And let that be enough. So just to kind of finish off... Um, how is your relationship with God? How is your communication with him lately? How is your time with him lately? Are you spending time with him? 
are you doing all this uh, uh, talking or are the conversations flowing? Is it the back and forth? You know, and if things are not as good as they should be and you haven't spoken to them in a while, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about these things? I believe that he's waiting to hear from you. Cool. Thank you very, very much for listening. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks so much, Mike. Such an encouragement and challenge to us. It'd be great, actually, just to take a moment before we kind of rush off. But maybe we could just... uh, Take a moment to reflect on what Mike has, has spoke on tonight and even if it's been a little while since we've opened those channels of communication just to take that opportunity tonight just to, before Steve leaves in a, a song and uh, the stewards are waiting on us for our tithes and offering in that but maybe let's just take a moment or two maybe if we feel led to go and pray for someone else maybe the biggest thing that's spoken to you what Mike shared tonight is about a, a genuine real relationship with the saviour of the world and maybe tonight opportunity to maybe talk to Mike afterwards about what that means but let's just take a moment in our hearts right now and and uh, reconnect with God let's communicate with him in our hearts